One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. In this podcast, I talk about Borough's defeat to Wolves. I talk about Monday's trip to the Brewers, along with tactics and the all-important score prediction. This is the Borough Breakdown. I'm Johnny Bullock. Let's get right down to it. Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown with me, Johnny Bullock. And as always, uh, I, I do like to start with the previous game, and that was, of course, yesterday, and the defeat to Wolves. Um, a lot happened in that game, and I'm going to hopefully break this down for you and give my reflection of, which was a, a very convincing defeat, in my opinion. Um, if, look, if I'm honest, I think it. It's a, the defeat against Wolves yesterday was a, a fair reflection to where Borough are at the minute. Um, we're nowhere near the, the best team in the league and Wolves very much proved that in the first half yesterday. And We also showed that, we're, well, of course, we're not, the very, we're not the worst team in the world and we're not the worst team in the division, but if you say Middlesbrough are probably going to be 6th to 10th, I would, you know, on that performance I would probably... If I'd never seen Mills before, I would have agreed with him. Agreed with you, um, but I thought Wolves were a different class yesterday, especially in that first half. Um, but the one thing I, I did notice straight away when the game, and I know I, I mentioned this in the previous breakdown um, about Wolves and how how they play, and I said I mentioned they will play with either a five at the back or a three-two, a three-two, well three-two-two-three formation. Um, and and they very much did that, and it was I was quite surprised that they actually did as well. Um, but what they did really well in the first half was they did that slight tweak of the wing backs and that the forced them higher up the pitch, which essentially forced down and Traore back um, and left Bamford isolated up top. Look, when you, when you play with like high wing backs, especially when you play five at the back, you, you kind of make more of like a a barrier around the team. It's like kind of like a five side pitch where like you isolate you're very much isolated in a certain space. That's what it kind of felt like. Um Mills were just isolated from within the midfield and we just couldn't get the ball moving forward and then we just event well hit the ball long to Patrick Bamford which in my opinion and I did tweet about it and I just thought it was criminal to actually 
play the long ball into Bamford when there was no one there. Um, no disrespect to Patrick, he scored a, a beautiful goal yesterday. But I must say that was a great finish. But when you try and play a long ball against three centre backs that are over six foot, um, with Patrick's size and, uh, and I won't say his strength is most important, his best feature, but. It's going to be very, very difficult for him. I think if the only adjustment really for that is if Rudy Gustav was fit, he might have had a bit more success with the the long ball. Um, but Wolves were very, very good at pushing the wing backs on, and when when you push those wing backs on, you well essentially force Downing and Traore back, like I mentioned. But what they were able to do with the wing backs is push on and create a two v one on the on our full backs, of course, so friend and. Shot and we're always getting pulled apart in that first half, and it was. If I'm if I'm honest, it was coming from the that first half. Now it was a very good, intense first thirty minutes for both both sides. But as the game started to grow, you could just feel a bit of class oozing from the Wolves team, um, and you know it, I thought it was coming very much. And um, the the two goals, so you know. But moving on, if I, if I was to change anything. I would have probably, I've, I've said this quite a bit actually um, before I mentioned it, but I would have liked to see Adama in a bit more of a central position um, in the, in that first half, maybe a four four one one or or something where we invert invert the wingers uh, in, into more of like a central position into a three two one um, and try and run at them that way, because I think when Adama's on the ball and you know he has that ability to run past defenders and take men on and. And, you know, great chances. You know, he might have been a bit better um, in the central of the field in that first half. Um, I know, we, you, of course, you kind of run into traffic a little bit, but it's Traore. He's, he's, he's very much good at that. He runs into traffic anyway and still gets around it. So I think I would have probably changed that in that first half. But when we went in 2-0, I've seen a lot of like tweets saying, you know, it was very much even. The goals could have been prevented. And it were unfortunate to go in and hill nil, and I just thought, am I watching the same game um, as, as some people? But I understand where people are coming from on on that though, uh, because in the middle of the park, although Neves was pretty much pulling the strings, the the competitiveness was there, the the fighting spirit was there in that first half. You know, it was a good game to watch, um, but. Their two goals were well, actually, well, yeah, they are preventable, preventable, but you know they were coming. I think they deserved it. Um, but if you look at if you break those two goals down, you say, well, it could have been easily prevented by um, maybe like a, a a more like two men on two men on the on the back post or uh, someone lost the marker or anything. But the thing is, with with every goal, um, every goal that you see, it can be prevented um, from any coach perspective. You know, you've got to look how this goal happened. So that could have been from we could have pressed there, or we could have drawn a foul to stop the momentum moving forward. We could have blocked the pass. Um, we could have, I don't know, created more of a two v one on the wing on the wing back or on the wing on the wing. Yeah, so anything, honestly, anything can happen on a goal. Different styles. You know, the ball came over for both goals, and we just didn't defend properly, and we left the man. Um, and essentially let them score two comfortable, easy goals. But, you know, every goal it can be prevented. 
Um, but so you can't really take over, you have to take over a pinch of salt really. But um, in the second half, it was it was a lot different, wasn't it? So with with obviously Neves getting sent off, and I can't remember who the other guy was who got sent off. But you know they had nine men, and of course when a team is on nine men, they're going to put men on men on the edge of the box. They're not going to move, and when you play. Well, when you're playing at that level and you're training every much, every, pretty much every day, you you do a lot of exercises where you're playing 11 v 10, 11 v 9, 11 v 8, loads of different things like that. Um, so they're going to be trained to, to play like that and it's coaching 101. If you're down to nine men, you defect your goal at all costs regardless of the position that you're in. Um so I expected that and I expected us to have more of the ball it was a very entertaining game from a neutral's perspective but Middlesbrough were just incredibly wasteful on the ball they just passed side to side they, then they passed out of play they did the, the final touch was wrong or they were shooting wide and you just thought we were never going to score in a, in a, in a bunch of Sundays if I'm honest we, we were honestly never going to score I, I felt like that anyway um, until Patrick scored towards the end um, but I thought Wolves were the better side for the majority of the game and I kind of agree with what Nuno said, the, the Wolves manager, I know he's gonna get he got a lot of heat after the match and I'll go into that in a second, but he was absolutely spot on when he came out and said we wouldn't have created a chance if they didn't have two men sent off and I would have probably agreed with him because in that if you take that first half for example, we didn't look like we were gonna score anyway. Um so the, I agree with him that, but if people are saying to me that, well, Nuno was disrespectful at the end with Tony Pulis and not shaking his hand and everything like that, um, yeah, of course, I think that is disrespectful and a bit out of the line, but I'm pretty sure Karanga did that a few times when we were going and getting promoted, um, and that's it. And I think we did it at Norwich as well, where we just couldn't, couldn't stop celebrating, so when we, when we grind up for 75 minutes and won 1 0. Um, so it, it takes a pinch of salt. I take a pinch of salt, and they probably shook hands in the tunnel afterwards and spoke um, after the game. But look, the game's finished now. Um, Wolves will probably go up. They're already up. They're a good side. They'll be pushing next season. You know, with the they have pretty much a blank check to spend on any type of player. So if they keep Nuno, they keep Neves, they'll and the. Bring on, we'll keep buying players to add on to their system. They'll do quite well in the Premier League next season. Um, that's just my opinion. But anyway, enough about Wolves now. It's a game that's finished, and I kind of want to move on to to Monday's game against Burton Albion. And we couldn't play two contrast and well, two teams at any different. You know, the completely different teams, um, Burton and Wolves. Well, for example, Wolves are at the top. Burton at the bottom following Sunderland's 4-1 win at Derby, which was madness. I can't believe Ashley Fletcher scored. Um, good on him as well because he does need a lot of confidence um, to kick on with his career. And I think he will come good eventually, Ashley Fletcher. But anyway, Burton, the bottom of the league, five defeats in six. Um, when I've watched a bit of Burton this year, they do like to play that 3-5-2 formation. So instantly you think, oh, well, we play three up front, so happy days, 3v3. Three, three three. Um, but with that 3-5-2-5-1, five, five, 
352 formation they do play quite a high line um, they do try and play the offside trap um, and I think they might put that to the side on uh, on Monday just because of Traore's pace um, and if they do try and play the offside trap and leave him on side he's gonna well no one's gonna catch him are they um, but with that 3-5-2 as well um, they play with a high line but also what they do and which is actually quite clinical is the left centre back will pipe to pass to the right winger the right centre back will pass to the left winger it's a diagonal long ball in the field um, they'll try and cross the ball in essentially head home the the beauty of like a long ball um, a long diag is just that it just changes the game so quickly um, yesterday with Neves he, every time he had the ball in that, in that midfield he just looked up sprayed out to the winger and stretched the midfield Um they will try and do that as well. You know, they'll get the ball from from the back and they'll try and switch it to the winger or st- switch switch it to the hit up to the forward like we very much did. Head it down, play out to the winger, and try and push forward um, onto that. But they're a team that do like to play with uh, Burton, but they're just not confident at all at the minute. You know, I've, they've had a, a tough few weeks and with Sunderland winning against Derby. It can go. It can either bring two, well, two different, um, two different thoughts uh, for a team. They can either stand up and fight and try and remain in, in the division, um, or they can just, you know, accept defeat and get relegated. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll really, you know, give it a good go on Monday. They they kind of have to because if they don't, they're down. And I think Nigel Clough knows how important this game is against Middlesbrough against Middlesbrough and he'll he'll watch that game uh, yesterday and he would have thought well all I have to do is play five at the back and push my wing backs on and I'll take Traore and down and out the game and it can be quite simple for that but of course it it helps with quality as well Um, and I don't think Burton have had that quality this season you know the they came in the championship and they're a, a relatively small club but you know they've done exceptionally well to get here um in this division but I think this year might just be a bit too much for them and I think they will go down unfortunately but you know we've got to go there um and fight for the three points because I don't think they'll give it they'll give us it straight away so moving on to Middlesbrough now and how we're going to set up I think it'd be the same format Four three three formation. I think the one change I probably would make um, is is House and for Ledbetter. Um, just I know Ledbetter yesterday did an absolutely hardcore Tony Pulis Brexit challenge um, on their wing. I don't know how he well in this modern day get a red card for it, but I think Ledbetter. You have to just, you have to switch between Ledbetter or. Or Clayton, um, because for me Clayton is a sitter in front of the back four, and Housen and Bezic allow them to kick on. Um, I think with Ledbetter, I, just, I just don't. I think he sat a bit too deep yesterday um, in that first half. So I would switch Housen for Ledbetter, play with a four-three-three formation, um, and try and push our wing backs up a little bit. Um, I know that from from my perspective um, and how I like my teams to play um, I do like to play with three at the back I'll, uh, three four 
1-2 formation. That's what I like to generally play. And if I was to revert that to a Middlesbrough team, I would like us to set up with Randolph in goal, of course. You've got Ayala there. You've got Shot in there. And you've got Gibson at the back at the minute. They're the three centre-backs that we very much have. So put them in there. Or even Fry for Shot in there, however you want to do it. Um, I would like to see... Down and on the left, let him play in that wing back. Let wing back to midfield position. I know he's played there Liverpool and he, he failed it, but I think he'll suit it quite well now. Um, on the right, um, I would like to see, and it's quite a bit of that. Well, you know what? Actually, no. I'll change it in my mind. I'll put Traore on the right hand side, even though I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I like to see him more central, um, along with Bezic and House in the midfield. So I'm technically dropping lead bit around Clayton here, so which is a bit of a shocker. But anyway, um, if I, but anyway, you could change it as well. So you could either play Clayton Bezic in there, and then push Housen up in that attacking midfield position. I wouldn't mind seeing Lewis Baker in there, and I know he's like he's been on and off the pitch antics that he the reasons why he hasn't been playing. So, but I would like to see him play in that position in that hole um, just to see how he would call with that and up front Britain uh, um, Britain's Bamford um, I think that'd be a 3-4-1-2 formation I think it would cause problems and but the only problem with that formation is if we were to play Traore on the right hand side we'd get caught quite a lot because just his defensive ability um, so we could play him in the attack and mid role but if we were to break Burton down uh, it's like I always uh, talk about I always well, talk about different things but if it's breaking down Burton Tony, if I was Tony Pulis I would try and play with a bit of press in our own half you know let them play the high line let them play it and try and keep Traore and Downing up the pitch you know We've got three in midfield, which will match their three set midfielders. They're two wingers, they'll push onto our wing backs. So you kind of create like a, a 4v4 on that. But if you push Traore up with Downing, they might have to eventually sit back a little bit and you know, not play as the high line as they normally do. So they'll naturally come back a little bit, or a couple of yards. Um, but then with that, what we could do is essentially play the long ball out wide to Traore. The one twos. There's a lot of things that we could do to essentially break Burton down, um, but I think we we have enough quality there to actually pick up the three points. Um, we have to pick up the three points, if I'm honest. I think with with Millwall winning and they're one point away now, um, and I mentioned them a few weeks ago that they are, you know, a team which could actually make it. With Derby Bottle in it as well, and Chef we've got Chef United there, and you've got Preston there. This is an absolute ideal opportunity for Middlesbrough to cross off the Wolves game and absolutely put a, a fantastic performance against Burton. It's a perfect chance for Middlesbrough to get a win under the belt again, you know, and gain more confidence to the to the game against Nottingham Forest or yeah, against Nottingham Forest and Nottingham Forest next week. You know, it's a prime opportunity for Middlesbrough um, at the minute, and we've got what six games, six seven games left. We just have to keep confident and try and win football matches and take that into the playoffs if we were to make it. Now we do have 
a really bad record against the bigger teams, but you know what a perfect time to change it if we were to get in the playoffs. Um, and well, actually, the, we've got those three teams in the next couple of weeks, haven't we, with, with Sheffield United, um, Derby and Bristol City, I think. Yeah, but anyway, it doesn't matter. But Burton game, I think we have we have to kick on and treat, really put in a result there. So I'm moving on to my kind of my score prediction, but I'll do my lineup first. I think, even though I've said we'll, I want to play three at the back. I think we'll play a four-three-three formation again. I think Tony will change it slightly um, with with Housen coming in. Um, so I think we'll play with Randolph and Goal. We'll play shot. We'll play the usual back four of Shot and Ayala, Gibson, Friend. Three midfield of Bezic, Housen, and I think you'll probably play a lead better over Clayton. Uh, I think you'll play those three in midfield. You'll put Downing on the left, Triara on the right, and Patrick Bamford up top. That'll be the Mills for 11, I think he'll pick. Um, but moving up my score prediction, uh, I love being optimistic and. I really do, but um, and I think I'll be optimistic this week. I think we'll win three one. Um, I think Triori will score two, and I I like to put a random one in there. So I'm probably going to say Ayala, <laughs> Ayala just to score from a corner. Um, just the standard, really. I think I can't see us keeping a clean sheet the way we're playing at the minute. Um, and they have to fight like dogs to get out of their position they're in. If we get the first goal we'll kick on we'll win the game quite comfortably if we don't and they score first we've got a big tough we've got a tough game on our hands and we have to just try and grind something out but as I wrap this up um, I'd like to say a big thank you for listening once more we are now on iTunes um, just search for the Everything MFC podcast or my name Johnny Bullock um, I can either put a print screen up um, and show you where to find it because we've had a couple of issues with people finding it but we are on iTunes now we are on SoundCloud I'm also going to try and get us on Stitcher and I think it's uh, I can't remember the, the other one but anyway we're going to try and get us on as many platforms as we can which is suitable for podcasts um, initially this was meant to be a trial but we've we just enjoyed doing them so we'll keep these going and thank you very much for listening I hope you've enjoyed the podcast and I hope we pick three points up on Monday. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>